I didn't know it at the time, but what I was struggling with was identity. Who am I? I was 13 years old, and I didn't know the language. I didn't know the culture of being a Navajo. And in that moment, I was too white to be Navajo. But everywhere else in the world, I was too Navajo to be white. Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. Have you ever wondered about your identity, who you are, or where you belong? It's something that today's storyteller wrestled with after moving from the multicultural community of his youth to the Navajo Reservation. My name is Dina Butler. I am Navajo Diné from the Navajo Reservation in Vandewagen, New Mexico. And I became a Christian when I was seven years old. My parents were both believers. They had very dramatic conversion experiences, but my conversion was not very dramatic. But my journey to becoming a Christian and living the Christian life is something that I'm really excited to share. When my parents took us to church, I was exposed to the gospel, and I knew what it was, and I'd heard it every Sunday morning and every Sunday evening, and every, every time the, the doors of the church were open, that's when I would go. And I spent a lot of time uh, in church as a kid, and when I was seven years old, riding in the back of my parents' pickup underneath the camper shell, all the facts of the gospel really made sense to me. And I began to think at that moment, what's keeping me from following Christ right now? And I decided in that moment that I was going to go ahead and do that. So I confessed my sin to God, knowing that that was what kept me from him. And at that moment, I decided to follow Jesus and accept him as my Savior. And that began my journey. But that journey took me from living in Ogden, Utah, where I grew up in a neighborhood that was very multicultural. I had Hispanic friends and white friends and Asian friends and African-American friends, and my family moved back to the reservation. And so at 13 years old, I came to uh, the reservation not knowing any Navajo and not knowing really who I was and being in junior high, it was a very difficult transition, as it is just as a junior high person being that age. It's hard enough to do that. But then moving into a whole different culture, I wasn't prepared for it, and I didn't know the rules, and I suffered because I didn't know the rules. And uh, I was still learning how to live life, and I became the uh, the victim of not only hazing and bullying, but um, I became representative of what a lot of Native people would call um, the uh, marginalization of Native people and being made white, being made anglicized. And uh, I was that representative, and they didn't like it. And so they decided to make an example of me. So at the age of 13 years old, I was sexually assaulted by my classmates in the dormitory, and that stayed with me for several years. And I didn't know it at the time, but what I was struggling with was identity. Who am I? I was 13 years old, and I didn't know the language. I didn't know the culture of being a Navajo. 
And in that moment, I was too white to be Navajo. But everywhere else in the world, I was too Navajo to be white or to be a part of the mainstream culture. And so I was literally, at 13 years old, struggling with identity. Who am I? Do I belong anywhere? Do I belong to anything or anyone? And that struggle pushed me deeper into my anger over what had happened to me. And uh, so I started playing sports, and I played basketball, and I used that as an outlet for my anger. And the issue of identity is something that I know for many Native people is a very, very difficult subject, especially those who claim to know Christ, because how much of your culture do you embrace? How much of your Christianity is really just uh, white culture garbed in Christianity? And how much of the Native culture is really a representation of a former life that no longer exists now that I'm following Christ? And so there were a lot of questions, even at 13 and 14 years old, that I was trying to figure out. And as I got deeper and deeply immersed into the culture of my, of my heritage, those questions became more and more important. Who am I? Where am I going? And what does this really mean? And it was at those moments that uh, thoughts of suicide crept in, even though I had given my life to Christ. That there were thoughts of, of uh, hurting the people who had hurt me, even thoughts of murder and how I could get away with it. And I began to move closer to that point in my mind where I thought, if, if I can just find a way, if I could get away with it, I would do it. And uh, if not for the prayers of my family, my older brother, my mom and my dad, I think that uh, I would have done something rash and very stupid. But by the grace and mercy of God and their prayers, I was able to navigate that to a point where I realized that my identity was not in my ethnicity. My identity was not in what I possessed or who I thought I was. My identity was very simple. I was a human being. And in the eyes of God, every human being has value. That I am created by the Creator. That I am not an accident. That I am here for a purpose. That I am here for a reason. That I have been put here by God, for God, created by Him, for Him. To be for Him, His representative and His ambassador. For His love for humanity. And as I began to sink deeper into that identity... I could become a Christian and that I could live my Christianity as a human being. Because more often than not, we like to create barriers, we create walls. You're not native, so you don't understand. You're not African American, you don't understand. You're not Hispanic, you don't understand. And we create walls. I came to the conclusion that I don't have an ethnicity that defines me. I have a humanity that God has given me. But I will say that I'm thankful to the Creator God that He made me the Na Navajo. First Nations, Native American, in a place where that hope needs to shine the brightest. We have a choice. And, and people have always said for many years that why didn't God just save us all? Why didn't he just make it so that everybody would follow him. And we have to couch those particular questions in terms of relationship. 
And we all like relationships, whether it's with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a mom or a dad, a grandparent, an aunt or an uncle, a husband or a wife, because we, we, we live that way. We have those relationships that exist for us. And God himself created us for a relationship. But the problem with relationship is there must be a choice. We can't make people like us or want to be with us or to be friends with us or to choose us. Without the choice, there can be no friendship. There can be no relationship. And so God set that before us, this choice. And one of the choices that he has is to reject him, to walk away from him. Even though he created us for relationship with him, he loves us enough to say, I'm choosing you, but I want you to be able to freely choose me. And in that way, God has said to us, as it says in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus Christ, his only son, so that he could reconcile us to him. Because we've made the choice to walk away from God. It's a choice that we all freely make. We can choose to follow him or not to follow him. And when we don't, that's called sin. A choice that is made away from God is called, according to the Bible, sin. And that separates us from him. But because God loves us so much, he decided to take care of that sin through a supernatural act of having his son Jesus come to earth. He was all God and all human. And because he was human, he could be our representative, our sacrificial representative to pay for that sin. But because he was all God, he lives eternally. So that debt that he pays on the cross when he dies and sheds his blood to pay for the penalty of that sin, because he's still alive, that covenant relationship is binding forever because that's who God is. He's not a God who lived 33 years on the earth and died, but he rose again in three days because he is God. And that person has restored the relationship. But again, it comes back to the choice. He says, here, I've made a way for you to know me, to have relationship with me, to be able to walk with me. And now you have to choose. And so God has set that before us to choose him or not to choose him. And because we have relationships, we have people that we love, we have people that we don't like, that we don't want to have a relationship with, and we make our choices according to that, God has presented himself and said, I want relationship with you, and this is how I have created it. And now it's just a matter of us as human beings, given the opportunity for choice to choose him. And God has set it up so it's not just choosing him, and having that relationship, but it's a relationship that he has wanted from the very beginning and that he created for us because not only does that relationship begin a new chapter in our lives and begins this relationship, but it also brings God to the table with everything that he, who he is and all of his characteristics. He is good. He is holy. He is merciful. He is full of grace. He gives us wisdom when we need it. When we call out to him, he gives us strength. God isn't just there to provide but he's also there to have a relationship with us, to have communion and fellowship with him in a way that through our spirit inside of us, we are able to have that communion. And every native person knows that there's a part of us, a spiritual part of us. And because of that, we can know 
that God is really there and that he's reaching out to us. So in short, the gospel is that, that we had a chance and we have a chance to have a relationship with God and he provides that through his son, Jesus Christ. If you would like to respond to that relationship call from God, that there is a way. God wants you to call out to him. He wants you to reach out to him so that we can have the relationship that he intended for us from the very beginning. Are you interested in this relationship that Dino's been talking about? God is. In fact, he created us for a relationship. But as you know, our wrongdoing has gotten in the way. Everything is broken and there's nothing we can do to fix it. Thankfully, though, God can. And he did. But it came at a great cost. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live among us and then die for us. It was his life for ours. Three days later, God raised Jesus from the dead, proving that justice was satisfied. Why would God do this? He tells us in the Bible, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. My friend, he did this so that we could be forgiven, restored, and be with him forever. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, withoutreservation.com, and click on the tab, New Life. Or download the Storyteller radio app and choose Hope. You can also write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. That's P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Our email address is storyteller at withoutreservation.com and our phone number is 877-766-4648. That's 877-766-4648. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, there are more amazing stories to tell, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.